0: Hello and welcome to the Highway to Health show. My guest for today is Dr. Tara Rasta. She is a graduate of UCLA with studies in psychobiology, a doctorate in chiropractic, and a bunch of other credentials that you're going to listen about in our episode. Dr. Rasta practices functional wellness and network spinal chiropractic. And if you have never heard of network spinal analysis or NSA, let me tell you, you're in for a treat. In this episode, she and I discuss the unique benefits of her combined areas of expertise in order to address and reverse several chronic conditions. Her mission, as you will hear in this episode, is to create greater awareness of the connection between our minds and our bodies and to help her patients take responsibility for their own well-being. Now, before we go on to today's episode, I want to mention that I've spoken to my team and this year... We've decided that I will be spending more time working directly with people who want to improve their life by taking control of their health and wellness. And I'm doing this both via the one-on-one coaching programs that I've been doing for a while now, but also through an online group coaching that we're launching and we're very excited about this. A bunch of people have signed up, they're very interested about it, and we've decided to make it really really affordable. So, if you want to learn more about this whole thing, just head on over to Dr. E. show Forward slash coach, and just complete the application. You'll receive the information. We'll find out if you're a good fit for the program, and you will also have a chance to evaluate us and see if the program is a good fit for you. But in any case, right now, I don't want to keep you any longer. Here's my conversation with Dr. Tara Rasta. And remember, you are on the Highway to Health, and I'm your guide to get you there.
1: Are you ready to live ageless? Want to discover alternative health choices? cutting-edge nutrition, and fitness for the entire family? Welcome to Highway to Health Show with your host, Dr. E, the Stem Cell Guy, where Dr. E helps you live ageless. And now, here's your host, Dr. E.
0: Hello and welcome back to the Highway to Health Show. And for today's episode, as I was sharing during our introduction, I am joined by Dr. Tara Rasta. And she's going to be talking to us about some very, very interesting way of approaching chiropractic care. So Dr. Rasta, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No, I mean, I'm very excited about what you have to share with us. So why don't we just get started? Could you share with us a little bit about your background first, though?
2: Yeah, I graduated from UCLA in 2014 with my background in psychobiology and neuroscience. I've been always interested in healing the body through the nervous system. And then I went to hypnotherapy school, and then I went to chiropractic school. Chiropractic school led me into a postgraduate study called network spinal analysis, which is a technique of chiropractic. And then I also started studying functional medicine. So I bring very different types of modality all together because as humans, we're so multidimensional. So I address the spiritual aspect, the physical aspect, the chemistry and the whole person as a whole in my practice.
0: That's very interesting. And I'm actually very interested in something that you said at the very beginning. Your first field of study was into hypnotherapy.
2: The first field was neuroscience and psychobiology. And then that led me into hypnosis and hypnotherapy. Yeah.
0: Okay, great, great. And why did you feel attracted to that? What attracted you to it? And the reason I ask is because we've had other people here who do hypnotherapy and hypnosis. And I've always been fascinated by that and the power that our mind really has over the rest of our bodies. So I'm just interested in knowing your story with that.
2: Well, I think that about 95% of our behavior based on studies are unconscious or subconscious, right? A lot of times, most of the way we behave, it's through our belief systems and through our values and what we learned when we were very little. And most of our behavior is very habitual because the synapses, this electrical pulsation is our nervous system happens really quickly. And in order for it to be efficient, it has to be habitual. So in order for us to change, we have to change our subconscious beliefs and values. And hypnosis was the way that I thought I could go into to help people change those belief systems. And hypnosis is really powerful. I still go to a hypnotherapist and I do self-hypnosis. But then I was led to believing that there is a little bit more because there is also muscle memory. And muscle memory isn't just, you know, learning how to ride a bike. It's also the way we hold our body, which what was led me into chiropractic because I thought if I could enter the body to change the mind, that could be even more powerful and then you, you know, so you can go both ways. But I find my interest and my passion is to go through the somatic aspect into changing the mind instead of going into the mind to change
0: the body. I see that makes sense. And so then you went into chiropractic. And there is a clear link there. I mean, a lot of people don't realize this. And we were joking a little bit at the beginning of this conversation. But from my experience, talking to a lot of patients, those who don't really know what chiropractic is about, they just seem to think that it's some sort of massage or manipulation or cracking necks, which I don't necessarily like referring to it as that. And I know that we were joking about that earlier, but how is it that the field of the discipline of chiropractic care really has so much influence over our whole body and well-being and health in general?
2: Well, our spinal cord... So our spine is connected to our nervous system. Our spinal cord has the same tissue as our brain. And it's kind of interesting because when I took biology and when I took anatomy, there was so much emphasis on the brain and not much emphasis on the spinal cord. So the spinal cord has all these nerves that go to the organs, and really each organ and the cells get their message from the spinal cord. So the reason chiropractic is so powerful, and I, you know, different modalities of chiropractic are so powerful is because you are literally impacting the brain. There are studies that show that chiropractic adjustments even if it's structural it still affects the prefrontal cortex of the brain. So, I thought that was really cool which is what really led me into chiropractic school. But personally, when I started working, I graduated, I wasn't feeling like my patients were transforming and what I was really looking forward to, I wanted to create big changes. I wanted to adjust someone's bones so that they're dancing in life. And that wasn't really happening. People were coming, people were getting better, but they weren't having this huge spiritual or personality changes. And that's what I wanted. So I was disappointed. I felt unfulfilled. And a part of me felt like I lacked integrity, that I wasn't like delivering what I really wanted to deliver through a chiropractic. And maybe a structural adjustment just wasn't my gift. And there are people that they perhaps can do that by just a structural adjustments, but there was a time where I'm sitting in my car and I was coming back from work and I was really crying and I was really asking God, you know, what is my calling? I went to chiropractic school because I really thought that was my calling. But what is it that it's going to help me tap into it so I can not only change the nervous system, but really change someone's belief system through their body? And I was led into this work called Netflix spinal analysis, which in the beginning, when I was in chiropractic school, I got exposed to it but I thought it was extremely weird and strange. And I did not want it to even look at it. When people were receiving this work and their body was moving, it looked like they were possessed by something. And it scared me. And I was actually somebody who also received it. And the first time that I received it, I had the deepest cry in front of a lot of people, and I felt extremely uncomfortable because I was a demo, and my body was moving in this weird way, and I didn't want it to have anything to do with it because I wanted to look medical. You know, I wanted to feel that like I was respected, that I was respected as a doctor, and I thought if I practice anything that was outside, what looks normal in the society, I'm going to be cast out, but I couldn't resist it. You know, it's, this work is so beautiful, and it was almost chasing me because I would be reading different books and it would come in the books. I would be watching a documentary and there would be a talk about network spinal analysis in that documentary. So eventually it really felt like he was calling me. And that day when I was crying and I was praying, when I went home, my roommate looked at me and she said, you look so upset, what's going on? And I said, you know, I don't feel fulfilled with regular chiropractic. And she said, maybe you should look into network spinal analysis. And I was like, oh my God, like it's calling my name. So that's how I got into it. But this technique is very different. So instead of adjustments, instead of the chiropractor doing the adjustment, we stimulate the spine in a way that the spine does the adjustment on its own, which sounds completely crazy, right? Because you don't believe that your body could just spontaneously adjust, but we do it all the time, right? You know, when you're tired, you stretch and you kind of do it even subconsciously. Maybe you're not even noticing that you're stretching. That's what this work is about. There is a scientific way that I can explain, I'm not going to go into, that this works. But also for people that think that this is a strange, it's not a strange. We are supposed to be flexible. So that's what this work does. It activates the spine to do the adjustment on its own.
0: So how do you actually achieve this? Are you guiding your patients? How are you facilitating this change through your consultations and your treatments?
2: Well, through the treatments, I'll start with a breath work. So the breath is really a vehicle for healing. I connect people with their breath, and through their breath, I connect them to different parts of their body. Parts that feels good, parts that doesn't feel good, parts that are tight, parts that feel a lot of space. People say that, you know, when I breathe in this part of my body, I feel so peaceful, I feel so connected. And then when I go in this part of my body, I feel so tight, I feel so stuck. So then we go in those, we increase the person's awareness of their body through the breath work. And eventually, as I work through their spine, I don't really guide them. It just happens. And I know this sounds strange because it seems like I need to tell them, like, stretch this way or do this or do that. I don't do any of that. And I don't even tell people what this work really is. I get a lot of referrals. That's how I get most of my patients. And they just come in and they experience it. It's an experience. So as they're breathing and as they, I connect them to their breath, their body starts to move. They have an urge that they want to stretch. They have an urge that they want to extend their spine or flex their spine. And at some point, there is a force that gets activated that just does the work for them. And it feels, it feels good. So people just let it happen. It's really about allowing it to happen instead of doing it. It's about connecting to the innate intelligence of your body that already knows what to do instead of intellectually thinking about it and analyzing what you're supposed to do.
0: I think that's what's so important because we tend to want to have a clear idea, guidance, the next step, and know exactly what's coming next and what am I supposed to do and how am I supposed to move. As a matter of fact, that's probably the reason why I asked you that question. And then as you start explaining it, it starts making so much sense. I've had some other experts on the show. And one of them actually, Lynn, she was talking about or she was sharing with us about listening to your body and how your body has this innate wisdom of knowing what it needs. And obviously, we were talking about different areas of our health with her. But I am very surprised to listen how often this whole concept keeps coming back in terms of the wisdom that our own body has towards healing. And the more I talk to other health professionals, the more that it keeps coming up in every modality of healing.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's this, I call it the organizing intelligence of the body, because it literally organizes us into who we are today. And this organizing intelligence is impacted by our thoughts, by the food that we eat, by the way we hold our body by the way we process our emotions, by the people that come into our field. I mean, it's just so deep and it's impacted by so many different things. So that's why it's important to, you know, have different types of modality for healing to connect with this organizing intelligence. I mean, think about it. This organizing intelligence takes the banana that you eat and turns it into the supportive tissue of your body. So literally the banana turns into a human being by this organizing intelligence. And that's the wisdom. That's the wisdom of the body. And there is nothing that could beat it.
0: Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Once you put it that way, it kind of makes it even more unbelievable. You know, we should be in awe of how our body works. And we keep trying to convince ourselves that we know how it works. And science keeps trying to say that we know exactly how it works. And truth of the matter is, the more we learn about it, the farthest away we feel from fully understanding and grasping all of its knowledge, all of its wisdom. And I'm incredibly grateful of being able to, through this podcast, to get and talk to so many different health professionals who have and dominate all these different techniques and all these different healing modalities because it just enriches us as human beings in the end. It's not about one way or the other, you know, it's not doctors against chiropractors or physicians against chiropractors or or against naturopaths or against any other healers. In reality it is listen, each one has their own field and we just facilitate healing and getting people to feel better, which is something that I think we should all strive for. Now, you mentioned that you always start with the breath. Why is it from your point of view and obviously your field of expertise, why is the breath so powerful?
2: I think it's because breath is the one thing that connects us back to us. Most of us are so distracted by so many things that's going on in our life. You know, we just go through our life doing one task and the next task and the next task on the social media and the phone and our kids and our life. And we're completely disconnected from that organizing intelligence, that innate intelligence of our body. And there are two things I believe that really connect us back to our body. One is the breath. And the other one is our sound. So just literally making a sound, like taking a deep breath and just listening our own sound brings us back into our body. So I... I believe that the breath is so powerful because it connects us back to our body. It creates a greater awareness, greater consciousness of our body so that we could create change. And our lungs go all the way up to our shoulders and all the way down to our back. The capacity that we have in our lungs, it's incredible. Yet most people have such shallow breath and maybe use only 10% of it throughout their lifetime. And as I train people, it's unbelievable how much more they can breathe after a few sessions. And they just say, you know, it becomes so automatic. It becomes like a training that they're driving in a car. They're feeling really frustrated by the traffic. You know, in Southern California, we have so much traffic and they say, all of a sudden, instead of me honking and instead of me cursing, all of a sudden my body just is it takes a really, really deep breath and just brings them back into present and brings them back to their body and just allows the body to go from this state of fight and flight to the state of rest and digest. And that is another big aspect of healing. Our body does not heal in a state of fight and flight. In a state of fight and flight, our heart sends all the blood into our muscles so we are ready to either punch somebody or run away. It is only in the state of rest and digest and parasympathetic that our body allows us to heal. So the breath allows us to come back from that state of fight and flight into rest and digest so that healing could happen. So absorption of nutrients can happen so that our cells can remember their tasks. A lot of times there is a doctor called Dr. Zach Bush. He studies cancer cells. And one of the things that he discovered is that cancer cells are lonely cells, cancer cells are cells that they have lost their connection to the innate intelligence that there is a higher organism that is in charge. So when they think that they're alone and they're disconnected, they multiply because they want to survive. So he puts cancer patients in his retreats where he's monitoring their cancer cells as they're going to these retreats of breath, connection, touch, where they're talking to the organs of their body, where they're feeling the organs of their body. And within eight to 10 weeks, He sees that the cancer cells go under a really beautiful process. Medical term is called apoptosis, but they go through a cell suicide because the cancer cells finally realize that they're connected to a bigger thing. And in order for that bigger thing, which is us to survive, they need to die. So they kill themselves. And that is amazing. That is the power of the body. That is the power of connection and breath to really tell you simply.
0: Wow. Wow. That's incredible and very, very well put. I've done some work in regards to breathing techniques, starting with you know certain work with Wim Hof and and a lot of different teachers and mentors and when you go into mindfulness and meditation. And it, it always goes back to the breath. It always goes back to that's how you anchor yourself and how, that's how you really bring awareness to yourself. So that does make a lot of sense. Now, and this is really going into your realm once you start filling in your lungs and you start bringing in all that and you start bringing out all that awareness and your brain starts recognizing that, how does that get to the rest of your body?
2: I think if you can bring in more oxygen, literally every cell gets more oxygen. And a lot of times people do these hyperbaric chambers when they go into the chambers with high oxygen and that is a modality of healing. But I truly believe that we have that capability to do it for ourselves. So how does a breath heal ourselves through oxygen? Oxygen is a healer of life. It heals everything. It carries, you know, your hemoglobin carries its oxygen and its iron. So the cells that are dying immediately get nutrients for life. Also, the oxygen self helps the mitochondria, which is the part of the cell that makes energy. In order for us to do anything, we need energy. And oxygen is a source of our energy. If you don't have oxygen, we'll die. And our cells die because they cannot make any energy for us to sustain us. So our breath, taking deep breath, literally will enhance your energy, will literally give your brains a boost. So it's you know, just taking 5-15 minutes time out of your day and just connecting with different parts of your body, maybe your belly, maybe your solar plexus, maybe your chest, and just check in. How does that part feel? Is there a part of you that has more breath, more energy, more vitality? Is there a part of you that has least? And maybe connecting, building a bridge between those two parts so that the part that feels tighter will begin to let go. And also the breath, when you're breathing in your spine, you'll feel that your spine is moving. Literally, the breath makes the spine move. And that allows the cerebrospinal fluid of the spinal cord to cleanse itself, to circulate. I mean, so many things happen with just a simple, deep,
0: deep breath. For sure. For sure. So why don't you share with us? What is your breathing routine, if any? I mean, you probably also do take a couple of minutes out of your day to reconnect and to reground and to do your breathing technique. So what is it that that someone like yourself who knows this for a living, who does this for a living, how do you actually go through these exercises yourself?
2: There is a book by Dr. Donnie Epstein who developed network spinal analysis called 12 stages of healing. And in this book, he goes over 12 different types of breath work. And each breath work has a consciousness, which is really cool. So my breath work depends on the consciousness that I'm going through. And not only each breath work is different, they also have different movements and they also have different declarations. So let's say on a day that I feel stuck There's something I'm feeling stuck there. My creativity is stuck. I feel like I can't get that creativity out. i start to breathe in different parts of my area. So my chest, my solar plexus and my belly. And I'll feel, where does it feel stuck? Where in my body do I feel stuck? And then I go into that place of stuckness and then take a deep breath in, in my nose. And then off my mouth, I actually declare, I'm stuck. I'm stuck. I'm so stuck. And I just connect with that consciousness and amplify it. Because once you acknowledge something, you can transform it. Sometimes when I feel like I'm in a state of polarity, when I think something is good and something is bad, I'm good and this person is bad, I feel empowered and this thing is disempowered or I feel disempowered, then I have a breastwork for acknowledging polarities within myself. Because if we can acknowledge polarity within ourselves, then we don't project it out into the world and into other people. So then there is a breath work for that. So I actually do different types of breath work based on the consciousness that I feel that day. Sometimes I feel empowered and I feel completely connected to the source. So then there is a breath work that I do that helps me even connect more to that divine source that's part of me. So my breath work varies each day. And I do those exercises depending on what shows up for me that day and what do I need to declare? What do I need to acknowledge? What do I need to say to myself? There is a breath work that you actually call your name And you ask yourself to come back because sometimes you check out. Sometimes I check out from my body because there's just so many things going on in my life. And I call myself, Tara, come back. I'm sorry I haven't noticed you. I love you. I embrace you. And by just acknowledging myself, I just feel more centered. So it really just depends. On a
0: day. That's great. And the reason I asked you is because a lot of the times we hear all these different concepts and it's very easy for us to think, well, of course she does that because, well, that's what she does for a living. But in reality, all of these different things are things that we can all do and we should all do to a lesser or more degrees, depending on how we feel and how we find that they're serving us. So thank you so much. I'll make sure to put a link to that book in our show notes. Now, When you start working with your clients and doing spinal network analysis, how does one session actually happen? What processes take place?
2: So when you first come in to the office, you know, I go over their history. We talk about what's going on in their life. There are three different forms that they fill out. One of them is about their consciousness, because it's really important that the person I'm working with has the willingness to heal. Sometimes people already have, their consciousness is that I need a surgery. So if you need a surgery, there's nothing I can do for you. And I'll be honest. I said, hey, you know, that's your consciousness. You should go and get surgery if you think that that is what's going to help you. So first I figure out if it's somebody I can help. Once I figure out that they do have a willingness to heal, they have the consciousness that they understand that they are the one in charge. They are the one that needs to be empowered. Then I will take them through my scanning process where I check their hearts. So I look to see how their heart is functioning. I look to see if they're in a state of fight and flight or rest and digest. I use a thermal scan to see if their spinal cord, the nerves in their spinal cord is communicating to their organs. And I also check their muscles. And this is really cool because I am interested to know the way they're holding their body, the way their muscles is holding their body. Is it efficient or is it not efficient? And most people are not efficient. They're using a lot of energy just in their muscles because their muscles are completely contracted as a result of all the stresses they have in their life. Early traumas, our traumas are not in our head. They get stuck, they get locked into our tissue, and our body protects it by spinal distortions, muscular tension, because it walls off that information, that vibration of the trauma into our body. And that's going to allows me to see what is their holding pattern. How are they holding their body? People have different ways of holding their tension. So that becomes my baseline to see where I'm starting. And then I also order people's blood work because I want to see how their chemistry is changing as a result of receiving this work. And then they get a session with me. The first two sessions are individual. It's just us. And then after the second session, it becomes a group work. It is done in a collective healing room where three or four people are receiving this work at the same time. And the reason that is so powerful is because I truly believe that this is a time that we need each other to heal. I cannot do it by myself and you cannot do it by yourself. We need everybody to participate in order for us to heal. And that's because when I hear somebody else bleeding and tapping into their body, it also makes me want to take a deep breath. It's our mirror neurons in our brain. just They like to mirror. We like to mirror other people, especially even if you just hear it, because people are face down on a table. And after a few sessions, you can see that people start to connect so much deeper, just energetically. They're not talking to each other, but they're connecting and Once someone's breath work and declaration is helping another person and someone's movements and even crying is helping another person because everybody feels safe to express. So that's the way I practice. And after 10 sessions, six sessions, I check them again. And after 20 sessions, I order a blood work and I have a lot of autoimmune patients. Autoimmune disease is becoming very common in our society. Unfortunately, because of the toxicity in our environment because of the food industry that is highly toxic, because of the amount of sugar that people are eating, because of the air that's polluted. And I help people get back their immune system because your immune system is directly connected to that state of fight and flight and rest and digest. Once you go into the rest and digest, you're ready to do a detox, you're ready to take some supplements, you're ready to change your lifestyle, habits. So we'll do the blood work and we'll show people here. Your physiology is changing with one simple thing, you're changing your spine. Once your spine is more flexible, more adaptable, your body's healing, your body starts to heal. It's simple, actually. It just requires the willingness to heal.
0: Yeah, and definitely requires getting people out of that Fight or flight, because you're absolutely right. We've seen it over and over again, and it doesn't really matter what kind of healing modality you're in. Uh, you know, for a long time, I did exclusively stem cell treatments for different conditions, and we used to see often that people who had that willingness, who had that desire to improve and that openness would improve and would be in a much better position to heal from the treatment. And not because the cells worked in one person or another. It's just because the one person was ready to receive those and was open of receiving those and was no longer in that same fight or flight mode. Because when somebody comes in and they have their defenses up, they're clearly in fight or flight mode. So the body isn't really ready to do those things. Because like you very well said it, the body is not in repair mode and that's why so many people get into these crash diets but they're still super stressed and they don't lose the weight and they don't believe that it's going to work and they have all those other issues that they need to address before they can really start changing their lives and changing their bodies in general and their health so i think that having someone like yourself who can come in and so clearly articulate that is incredibly valuable for our listeners and obviously i'm sure for your patients so why didn't you And obviously within certain limits, but of the things that you can share with us about your patients and your practice, what are some of the things that you have found the most impactful in terms of your work? What is the one example that you say like, oh my God, this is the one that if I still had a strand of doubt as to what I was doing, this is the one that completely took it away.
2: There's a patient that comes to my mind because this is the beginning when I first started and I was working for somebody else. And this is the first patient. This is my first patient. So my first patient comes in and my mentor happens to leave. And he says, you're going to be able to take care of it. And I'm all excited that I'm going to be able to take care of this person. She comes in with a helper. She's on a wheelchair. She's about 42. She had a stroke and then she fell and she damaged another part of her brain. She's not able to talk. She's able to understand, but she's not able to communicate. She has aphasia and she's not able to walk. She's not able to write. She's not able to do anything. And I'm like, Oh my God, how am I going to help her? So I did the best that I could. I gave her the treatment and she left and my mentor comes in and I'm just like, I feel so bad because I feel like I lied to her. Like I shouldn't have made an appointment. Like there isn't really anything I could do, even though I said that I will help her. And my mentor looked at me and he said, Tari, you really need to have some faith. And I didn't have faith. So Even though I thought I wasn't doing anything for this person and I just thought, I mean, how am I going to change somebody who can't even stand and who can't talk? And I felt really bad. I gave her my best. And you know what I did the most? I loved her. I loved her with all my being. I loved her. I cared for her. Anytime she came in, I gave her my best. And at a time when I first started, I didn't know what I was doing. I was really learning. So, but I still just, whatever I knew, I gave it to her. Within six months, she brings me a book. She has written down and she's talking to me. She's able to talk and she gave it to me and she said, I wrote this for my daughter. The husband had taken away because she was sick and it was a poetry. And I just remember, like, I just, I just sat down and I was just crying because I just couldn't, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that I helped somebody. I truly didn't believe I could help her. And I'm not going to take any credit for that help. I was a facilitator. What was really helped her was her body, her body. She had the willingness. She wanted to heal. And that's why she was able to heal. I mean, there's something in that power of really believing that somebody could help you and really believing that you were going to get better. So that was one of the things. And then she became the reason that I truly felt that this is my calling and I really need to learn this and offer this. And after that, I've had a lot of miracles happen in the office. I had somebody who had facial palsy. So half of her face, she couldn't move half of her face. And she came to me for back pain. And what was amazing is her face completely resolved. Again, to my surprise, because I wasn't thinking that I was going to be able to treat her. But also her thyroid issues resolved. And that was, again, when I just started to order blood work and actually help people with their thyroid issues. And nowadays, I mean, anything improves. Anything and everything improves. And again, it goes back to the people do they have the willingness to heal? Do they have the belief that they can heal? And then I'm here to love them. I'm here to support them. I'm here to give them everything that I can. And I think that's really important. The relationship that you have with your patient is extremely important to be able to love them, understand them, listen to them, be there for them, and, and look at them like they are the same as you. And people who come here, they're not my patients. They are my brothers, my sisters, my family. That's how I treat them. And I truly believe that in that relationship, in this loving relationship, healing happens. And it's just so much more than what I can even tell you in words. It's really just, it's very energetic. It's beyond physicality. It's something about connection, deep, deep connection to another human being that encourages you, empowers you. And empowers you that you have the power to heal. You don't need to seek it anywhere else. It's right here. We need to activate it. And once it's activated, then it takes over. Then it knows what to do.
0: For sure. And I think you and I will agree on that. And I've said it before here that health professionals, and it doesn't matter the discipline that we're in, We're merely facilitators. And obviously in certain areas, you know, you have more of a direct role. Like if you're a surgeon and you remove someone's appendix, then yes, okay, you're doing a lot of other things. But in reality, that quest for health is number one, it's an active quest that every person has to go on on their own. So we all have to pursue our health. It's an active quest. And second, as health professionals, we're simply facilitating that change. And we're letting them, we're leading them on and showing them the way. And we're guiding our patients and we're helping them believe in themselves and believe that they can heal. And you're absolutely right. I think that the number one thing and the most important thing, and going back to your mentor, is that we need to have that faith ourselves because it is that faith that we also transfer to them. And you know, it's easy for... When I say those words, I start thinking of certain people and some of my own training that might say like, yeah, sure, faith. So then, you know, your science goes out the window. And you know what? At some point, I would have agreed with that. But after all these years recently of seeing what I've seen and of seeing people heal who were previously told that they would never heal, now of seeing people get better when everyone gave up on them, when, you know, seeing people with terminal disease simply not die because they didn't believe that it was their turn yet. And same is true for the opposite. When people were convinced that they had to die, despite them not having the diagnosis that a doctor had wrongly given them, they would die. And the more I look into that and the more I realize that there's so much we don't know, the more I have to start embracing or recognizing that other part that there are other energies around us there are other modalities there are other ways of healing and we have to be here facilitating them so for that i'm i'm very grateful that i'm able to talk to people like you and to share this expertise and not only between you and i but with our listeners because i think that it helps us all grow and find health which is what we're all looking for
2: absolutely i think awareness is how we can get better Being aware of what we put in our mouth, being aware of the way we breathe, being aware of the way we sleep, being aware of the words that we use to speak with ourselves highly impacts us. And to all of our listeners, be kind to yourself, be gentle to yourself. Already the society is as stressful as it is. Drink a glass of water when you wake up. Healing is not very complicated. You don't need 10 doctors to help you. You need to have the willingness to heal. You need to hydrate. You need to put good foods in your mouth. You need to get rid of the sugar and excess fats and all of the animal products that are highly processed. You need to exercise and move your body and breathe and have good relationships, nourish those relationships. And one of the biggest things I truly believe, being able to share your gifts, share your gifts, know why you are here and share those gifts because there are people that need exactly what it is that you offer. And there are no competitions. There are only us being collaborating and being co creating together. And I truly believe that those are like really simple things that we can integrate to heal our life and heal our body.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think that how you put it, sharing our gifts is very important and it's very necessary because it also gives people a purpose, gives people a mission, and gives us a meaning, in a sense, and a need to be here beyond what we would believe at one point. We're seeing more and more. And I was sharing with you, most of our audience are working moms and dads. And and a lot of the times, I mean, although most of our audience are on the younger side, a lot of the times what happens, especially with mothers, it it gets to a point where their children no longer need them. And then they feel like they don't no longer have a purpose in life. And that's when they start going into depression. And that's when they start having all these other issues. And in reality, I think it is about recognizing that they do have something to contribute to somebody else. And it's not because, their children don't need them anymore as they did before. Does it mean that they cannot contribute anymore to this world because we are all connected, like you very well said, and I have to agree with that. Now, one thing that I do want to touch upon and that you briefly mentioned, and is something that I'm very very surprised about, to be honest with you, is that recently, as we started embracing more holistic healing methods, we started seeing how addressing one area of our body, improves another one that we used to think we're completely unrelated because in this belief system of specialization, especially as you talk about Western medicine, where you know the endocrinologist and the dermatologist and the this and the that, and if you go to the dermatologist, you need to get a cream for your skin. But in reality, what you're seeing is that you can do some adjustments and people will improve their hormonal secretions and people will improve their skin and people will improve all these areas. Is this something that at first surprised you or is this something that has always made sense to you?
2: It did surprise me. so and the reason I found that this was a really integral part of my work was because I was working for another doctor, and he hired me to just do the functional medicine aspect. So I was just doing blood work and then helping them with their dietary choices, creating a customized dietary plan based on their DNA, based on their genes. I mean, I was doing all these extensive tests to figure out what it is that they need. And they would get better. Some would get better, some would just not get better. But then there were those people who were doing network spinal analysis and they were doing the functional medicine and every single one of them got better. And that was when I was like, huh, like, why is this group, everybody's getting better. But in the other group that where they're not receiving network spinal, some get better and some, they're just the same. So then that was when I started to learn about this. You know, I, I mean, I already knew it, but it just tapped deeper into sympathetic and parasympathetic and knowing that this work, this network spinal analysis really helps people to become more adaptable to stress. Because as their spine becomes more adaptable, it moves and it releases. It releases maybe subconscious ways of holding patterns. It allows them to just create more area for breath and oxygen and movement. You know, it's really beautiful. I have like men that they would come for like extensive sessions and they would tell me like, nothing is happening. Like, I don't know, I'm just laying on your table, breathing, nothing's happening. And then they would have this one session when they would have the deepest cry and then they would get up and they would tell me like, I don't even know why I was crying. I mean, all that tension, all that stress is inside the body, even though you're not conscious of it, that trauma is locked into the body. So then I saw that as we released these emotional tensions that we took in, the way that we're holding our body, these traumas that got locked into our tissue, we don't even remember some of these traumas, but they happened. And in the moment that they happened, they went right into our shoulder, right into our belly, right into our back. As those gets released, something happens in our physiology. Our physiology gets upgraded and our cells start to work better. I think it just creates greater harmony between all different parts of the body when the spine is healthy. So then that's when I realized that I cannot do this functional medicine part without the network. So today in my practice, 20 sessions of network is required for everyone who wants to get better. And then once that I check their hearts and they're in a state of balance between sympathetic and parasympathetic, that's when I say, okay, now you're ready to take some supplements. Because if you're taking some supplements and you're in a state of sympathetic and you're not absorbing it, all you have is an expensive pee nothing is getting absorbed. So what's the point? That's how I realized that there's a difference. And then now I just check blood work. I always do my blood work because I always want to check my work and hopefully I'll start writing some case studies. But every single time physiology changes as a result of getting their spine checked.
0: Exactly. And I think that what you're currently doing with that in regards to supplements and all those things is tremendous example setting for the rest of the health community, because we're very quick. And I just had this conversation earlier as well. We're very quick to number one, as physicians or as health professionals to just want to prescribe something. And the patients, a lot of the times are very quick to expect a prescription and a quick fix. They're like, no, 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 I, I'm not going to be coming in here. Why, did, why can't I just get some supplements? And my friend is getting supplements that you're giving him. So I'm just here for the supplements because she says that she's feeling great on those, right? And it's having that discipline and that belief and that knowledge really of saying, it's not going to work for you because you haven't gone through the work. You're not at that stage yet because people don't necessarily put two and two together. They might say, well, but it is supplements and they will help somehow. But it is having that knowledge of saying, no, if you're not at the right time, you're just having very expensive pee. And that happens over and over with people who are just getting these supplements and not taking advantage of any of them. And it's not that the supplements are bad, it's just that the body's not ready to receive them.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's consciousness and it's a choice, right? I have those people too that they just want a quick fix and I tell them, that's not what I do here. I don't do quick fixes. I'm sorry, I'm not a magician. But if that's what you want, that's not what you get. And the thing is, sometimes it's not time for them to heal. I believe that timing and season is really important for healing. So it has to be their time. They have to be ready. When they come here, they have to be ready to participate. Sometimes people think that they can just lay on my table and fall asleep. And I tell them, I'm like, if you're not participating, (laughs) there is nothing I can do. I'm not charging you. You can just leave because you're not doing the work.
0: Yeah, it's not a massage.
2: It's not. It's not a massage and it's us working together. I'm not the only one working. You have to do your work. You have to do your breath work. You have to be present. You have to be aware of your body. And you know it's so many aspects to it. But again, the person has to be ready. This is interesting because I have a lot of cancer patients. I don't treat them, but I'm just supporting their process. And a lot of them tell me that cancer was your blessing because it was the only thing that they had to get in order for them to actually change the way they were living. So again, sometimes pain, it gets our attention. So if that's what they need to wake up to their body and decide to do life differently, then that's what they need. And you, know, you can't change people's consciousness until they're ready.
0: For sure, for sure. And I think that is an important lesson for most of us in the healing fields because we got into this since we want to help people, right? And that is so frustrating for many of us to see that sometimes people don't want to be helped. And we know that we can help them, but we need to accept that sometimes people don't want to be helped or are not ready to be helped, and they're on their journey, and that's it,
2: right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's really important to acknowledge too and just tell them, you know, it seems like they're not ready and it seems like you need something else. And it's okay if they need something else. Maybe there is somebody else out there that can help them. But most people who just want a quick fix They need a change in their consciousness because nothing good is achieved easy. It takes time, especially if you've been eating a certain way for 20 years, you've had certain traumas for 10 years, you can't just get rid of it in one session, two sessions. It takes time. It's a training. And it's a different way of life.
0: For sure, for sure. So Tara, it's been a phenomenal conversation so far. And I want to take a moment to acknowledge you for the work that you're doing. I think I've mentioned that before today, but I think that having that passion and and being able to help so many people and knowing your craft and understanding them and really putting it to the service of others, I think it's something to recognize. And I do want to acknowledge you for the work you're doing and for all the people that you're working in that regard
2: Thank you very much for having me on your show. I hope this was helpful to you and your listeners, and we can all take one step closer into greater vitality and knowing that we are here to experience peak moments. We are here to have an amazing life. Life is not supposed to be boring and average. We are here for extraordinary, and it's up to us to make that choice.
0: For sure. And speaking about extraordinary, because you don't get to go just yet... We always ask our guests their top two or three pieces of actionable advice. So for those people listening to us right now who are thinking, wow, you know what? She totally gets me. And this is something that I need to look into. What do you think or what would be your top two or three recommendations for things that they can start doing right away in this pursuit of health and wellness and optimized well-being?
2: I think that it's really important for them to share their gifts. What is it that it is your gift? It doesn't, you don't need a certificate. You don't need to be a doctor. You don't need to go to school to share your gifts. There are specific things you can tap into. Loving somebody else, being kind, being nourishing, calling a friend. Being grateful, those things you don't need a certification for. Volunteer work, being of service, we all love to do service. So tapping into that and being feeling like you are needed in this world, it's a really important thing. I believe that it's really important to start your day with lots of hydration, hydrate your organs, get really good sleep. Sleep is really important and find out what it is that brings you joy. Is it yoga? Is it dance? Is it going into a network practitioner? Is it being healthy? Is it doing a cleanse? What is it that makes you happy? What is it that brings you more energy? Do it. Do it and do it consistently. It doesn't just work one time. You got to do it consistently in order for it to work. Participate in things that bring you joy, that makes you feel your energy, that makes you feel connected to yourself. It's really important that uh, we recreate that connection back to us. I also offer everyone listening to this, if you are interested, my office is right by Disneyland in Anaheim. Come have tea with me. I'm not going to charge you. Come have tea with me. Let's talk. Let's see if I can help you.
0: Do they have to bring the tea?
2: No, I have the tea.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There you go. There you go. You see free tea, free tea right next to Disneyland. I'll take you up on that one.
2: Yes, please come here and like, you know, I would love to give you a complimentary sound therapy. That's another thing that I do. I didn't talk about it, but I do sound therapy. I believe sound vibration is really important to change our resonance and ourselves. Come receive it. All I want to do is to serve. Yes, I want to make money and sustain my life, but the bigger purpose is to know that I made an impact. So give me a call if you guys have any questions. It's 714. 714- i'll say it again 714-679-8608 connect with me if you have questions i can help you i can look at your dna and tell you what to eat based on your dna but again i can really change your life through your spine because it is that that can change everything else everything else is kind of outside of us but your spine is inside of you your breath is inside of you And truly my mission is to connect you with you and empower you so that you know that you can get better you can help yourself and you don't need anybody else
0: perfect well if somebody's listening to this and it's not taking you up on that and they think that they need it I don't know what will take for them to actually do take you up on it so thank you so much for your graciousness thank you so much for your generosity for being here and for sharing your gifts with our audience I'll make sure to link to everything that you mentioned I'll make sure to add the phone number there as well so that people can get in touch with you for those of you listening you know how this works Uh, if you want to get all of that information, all you need to do is scroll down in your podcast app and you'll find it in this episode's description, or you can go and see it in our show notes at dre.show. You know that you can find all the show notes there. If you're watching on YouTube, same thing, you'll have all the links below. So having said that, Dr. Tara, thank you once again for joining us. This has been a phenomenal, phenomenal episode. Before we say goodbye, let me ask you, did you have a good time here on the Highway to Hell?
2: I had a fantastic time. Thank you so much. Love and abundance to you.
0: Thank you so much. And for those of you listening, I will see you here next week. You've been listening to Dr. Tara Rasta and Dr. E talk about network spinal analysis. I hope you have a great week.
1: Thank you for listening to Dr. E's Highway to Health show, helping you learn the science of living ageless. Did you enjoy the show? Please like, share, and subscribe where you listen to podcasts. Dr. E wants to hear from you. Go to DRE.show. dot show. Again, that's Dr. E dot show. Until next time, this is Dr. E's Highway to Health, helping you live ageless.
0: So there it is. I hope you have enjoyed this episode. What was your favorite takeaway? Had you heard about network spinal analysis before? I hadn't. And since I had this conversation with Dr. Rasta, I can't stop thinking that I need to find a chiropractor trained in it, but I haven't really found one here in Spain. So if you are in Spain or you know somebody in Spain who's trained in network spinal analysis, reach out, let me know. i will more than happy to go see him pretty much anywhere in the country. If you have had NSA chiropractic, by the way, make sure to also tag me on Instagram or just send me a message on LinkedIn and let me know what was your experience like. I'm very curious and interested to hear from patients. Speaking of which, remember that you can find the links to everything we discussed in this episode in the show notes. Just scroll down to this episode description on your podcast app and tap on the appropriate link. And before you go, remember to check out my new coaching programs at Dr. slash coach. See the different options, learn more, ask questions, and decide whether or not health coaching is right for you and your goals. That's it for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. You've been listening to Dr. Tara Rasta and Dr. E talk about network spinal analysis and the power of the mind over our bodies. Thank you for tuning in. I will see you here next week. And remember, you are on the highway to health and I'm your guide to get you there.